Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is all about music and creative culture in London. Before I get into today's conversation, today's shout-out goes to an article I just read in The Guardian by Darren Lucades. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Darren, L-O-U-C-A-I-D-E-S. The headline is, It's About Time, that's like a quote, the black and Asian bands decolonizing British indie. Decolonizing in air quotes as well. Now in its second year, Decolonized Festival gives a platform to musicians of colour looking to challenge prejudice and shake up a predominantly white genre. I did not know this thing existed until just now. And according to this article, this festival, it's a three-day festival, and it happened last weekend, 22nd to 24th of June. Boy, do I wish I knew about it, because I definitely would have checked it out. But they have a website, decolonizefest.tumblr.com. Decolonize is D-E-C-O-L-O-N-I-S-E, fest, F-E-S-T, dot tumblr.com. And they also have gigs throughout London, I believe, under the name DIY Diaspora Punks, punks with an X. So I will definitely be on the lookout for that. A really, really interesting idea. Okay. On to today's conversation. So I went to a show at The Waiting Room, which is a venue near Stoke Newington train station. For those who aren't familiar with London, there is East London is very much a hub for all that is quote-unquote cool in London. Now, if you get off the train at Liverpool Street Station, or better yet, get off the train at Shoreditch High Street, and you go onto the main road, that main road is Shoreditch High Street. If you keep heading north on that road, it eventually turns into Dalston Kingsland. And if you head north even further, it turns into Stoke Newington Street Road, something along those lines. So I was at the very northern end of that road last night at this venue, The Waiting Room. The band I went to see was... I completely forgot their name for a second there. The name of the band is Factory Seconds. And I became familiar with this band because of their guitarist, Michael Tomlinson. Years ago, I do mean maybe five, six years ago, dear listener, back when I was still working at Asda, I took some time in a studio to record a handful of songs. And at that studio, the guy who ran the studio, his name is Max Fulcran, who who knows, I might get him on this podcast at some point. He ran the studios. He was a drummer in a band called MT, or Many Things. The frontman of this band was Michael Tomlinson. So that was many years ago, and unfortunately, I didn't really do much with those recordings because I was in and out of bouts of confidence and severe lack of confidence. But when I started going to gigs again, I went to an all-day at some venue near London Fields, and I saw this ba- I saw this band setting up, and one of the members looked familiar, and he said hello to me, and I thought he was just being polite, but then I thought, wait, does he recognise me? And then I thought, wait, do I recognise him? And it was none other than Mr. Michael Tomlinson himself, again, in a new band called Factory Seconds. So I've been aware of this band for a while now, seen them a couple of times, and I've been meaning to catch up with them, and today that dream finally came true. They were performing to celebrate the release of their second single, The Sleepwalkers, which is available now online, and they were playing with two other bands, Pristine Dream, who did an interesting cover of Dance Yourself Clean by LCD Sound System, and Graceland, a band who I first saw... Uh, opening for the band The Vines, and in fact I have a set list of Graceland from that show on my wall. I can see it from right here. 
First song was called Song 1, second song was Appalachian, second, third song was Flowers, fourth song was Flyway, fifth song was Fleetwood, which they played last night, sixth song was Jack Dan, and seventh song was Hawaii. And actually, one of their members wasn't with them, but they FaceTimed them and had, I think, an iPad or something leaning against the drum kits, as if so that the person who wasn't with them could, in a sense, be there via FaceTime for one of their songs. Anyway, that's enough of an intro. I saw Pristine Dream, and it was during... Graceland set that I managed to steal some time with Michael Tomlinson to find out a little bit more about him. Now, I think last episode I spoke to Raf about, and he mentioned how he's been in a few bands as well as his own music. In this episode, we get that vibe again, but in overdrive. Michael Tomlinson has been in many a band, as have the other people in his current band, Factory Seconds, and I'll let him tell you all about it. I'll see you on the other side of this with a little bit of in uh, with a little bit of original music. But otherwise, please enjoy this conversation between me and Michael. And we'll keep a casual eye on the time just to make sure you don't actually miss when you need to be on stage. Miss the set, yeah. So, I am outside the waiting room in Stoke Newington, and I'm here at one of the main attractions of tonight's show. What is your name? Michael. And what's the name of the band you're in? Uh, I'm in Factory Seconds. How long have you been in this band? Uh, we've been together for about two years. Who met who first? Uh, the first... The band started with my uh, ex-bandmate from a band called Many Things, called Gabby. And then, at the same time, I was doing some writing sessions like with other people that I knew, uh, who happened to be... I don't know, yeah, it was Marta from the band, uh, Katie from the band. Uh, anyway, we just, we just started to... I was showing other people... I was showing each person the song that the other had written. Oh, okay. And so you'd show Marta what Kate had written and Kate what right. Marta had written. Yeah. And now I'd be like, oh, you know, this is so cool. And they're like, aren't all these good? And I was like, yeah, this is great. So we should get together and have jam. So that the band kind of came together kind of informally like that. Uh, then uh, uh, I was also playing in a band with uh, Mike, who plays the drums now from Shop Machine. Uh, and so when uh, when Gabby eventually... Gabby's had a baby, so how good oh, is that? Congrats! Uh, but yeah, so Mike uh, joined joined the band after that, and that's that's the current lineup. Right. So if I'm correct, Katie plays bass. Yep. You play guitar. Yep. Marta plays guitar. Yep. And Mike and plays the drums. So what did Gabby play? The drums. Okay. Yeah. So Mike kind of stepped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hinted at quite a few bands there. It feels like this band is part of a a rather large family tree. Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, that's probably like. It's one of its defining. Well, it's, it's like I come from a background of being in just one band and focusing on that band, but uh, it's been great. Like, because it's very like a bit of a renaissance for me anyway to play in lots of different groups, and uh, that's the same for everyone in the group. Like, uh, Katie plays in Tear, and she has like her DJ like stuff, and then she does a techno side project, uh, and she just recently played with. Um, I'm gonna get it wrong if I try. I remember the name, but like, just, okay. And then Marta plays in uh, a band called Total Brownish, mm-hmm. and then Mike has his own project called Yeva, and we met playing in Shock Machine, uh, and and like yeah. This is growing and growing. I did, I did a tour person. with like Eddie the Wheel and the the guy that um Chris who like was a big part of these recordings we just did. Uh, he plays bass in that band, so it's like it's one of those things where it's just like a big old indie muckin (laughs) big old indie muckin that's a very nice way of putting it so tonight's show you are celebrating the release of your third single yeah yeah called The Sleepwalkers that's right so when was that song birthed 
Uh, that song came about like it's it had its origins. Like we 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 finished it like like earlier this year, like a month or so ago, two months ago maybe now. Anyway, but um, but yeah, it just came out of a jam. Like it was Marta that started playing the opening chords, and then it just grew into this. The, the basic melodies were there from that first jam, and then it was just like a matter of getting the lyrics together and stuff. Is there pretty uh, natural so, chemistry between the band of? Yeah, when someone plays something, someone else will be like, oh, that sounds like the start of something, and then you all that's what, um, contribute. Yeah, I guess that's what I was like in a long-winded way hitting at, is that like the reason that like it was really like an impetus to get together is because there's just a natural understanding. You know, sometimes you go and sit in a room with someone and play some music, and you don't necessarily get... You don't necessarily come away with a, even a good idea, let alone a whole song. Mm. And uh, whenever we get together and write something it's always like actually we end up using it almost always so all yeah. killer no filler uh i mean look, Mo- mostly def- killer actually i gotta say like you know it's like but it's the, it's a good it's a very good hit rate like there is a there is a there is like an understanding and there's some like, a connection between the members of the band for sure yeah. yeah it sounds like you are all generally on the same page and you all tend to recognize when something's working and worth pursuing and maybe when something else isn't working and I think also like it's it's not always not so much that we're on the same page because I wouldn't say that I think that would be like you know gilding the lily or it'd just okay. be like a little bit too far but I think the cool thing is that like maybe it comes from being in lots of projects but everyone's fine to let the other person go like this is important to me no one forces anything and yeah. so like if someone's got a suggestion and it's working you know that doesn't get shot down like uh, there's no one going like it has to be like this and so we end up like with this great mix of things that are, that are kind of all pretty similar to be honest like you know it's all, it's all from the same pool yeah. but it's like a lovely collaborative way that we that we work so yeah. So how long have you been making music in London? Uh, about eight years. What was the first form in which your music took shape? It was um, a band called Many Things or MT uh, we played for about four or five years got here in 2011 I'll get it wrong but like we, we kind of started playing in 2012 and then we well okay right so I can literally see the cogs turning in your mind as you're I going through the history I guess it was maybe four years or something from, from about 2012 now were you a and more principal songwriter in that project or was it again a bit more collaborative that was that was more of a like a, like myself like bringing the songs to a group of really like amazing musicians that um you know like that was it was it was a it was very much a team effort but yeah like I I had a, a bunch of songs when I moved here and uh, a few of those like yeah yeah basically like that was that was the the the, the songs anyway were, mm-hmm. were already there to begin with but yeah. then of course like we took it from there like we turned them into the final thing that they became yeah absolutely so how long after you moved here did you start making music with other people was it as soon as you got here like right let's get to it uh, it took me about six months like to just get my place you know in the town and then uh, by by the end of the year I'd, I'd met all the guys and we started the band in January of the next year I, I started working at a Wendy house with a guy called Mark Tiaku. Uh we did a record and then yeah it was kind of like we did I did a lot, lot of sessions and that uh, and then from there that's kind of the start of what happened next so 
it was like a formative year, but it was a very important year. So you started out as being a session musician for other people's projects? Oh, uh, no, I only started doing that recently, actually. Okay. Um, that's the Shock Machine is my first session gig, really. Before that, I always kind of been like the one, one of the one of the bands, you know. And like, yeah. When you got here, did you have the massive array of pedals that you have now? No, that was very much because in um, many things we didn't want to use any track, but we had these big arrangements and we had like four members. So what we did was we kind of like we were like sometimes the the guitar is going to play the bass. And sometimes it's going to play the guitar, and then the synth sometimes play the bass, and sometimes it plays the top of the mix. So we started off with just the hog pedal, making the the guitar sound like a bass in a vertical But then it just got a bit more complicated, and then soon like you could do like organ sounds and different synthesizer sounds. And then uh, eventually uh, Fred, uh, who played bass and guitar and many things, went off to form Hunk. And so I picked up the duties of um, playing the guitar and the bass. And so that's when I kind of got, like, into it, like, 100%. And then, yeah, like, uh, I guess just, like, having keyboards and, you know, wanting to have that full sound but just have a guitar band. Yeah. Uh, that's how I started to collect all the different pedals. So it started more out of necessity. This is the sound of the song but these are the tools we have to accomplish that sound live. Yeah, so. it's more like just like if you, if you like have a, s- a song, you want to be able to do any any sound on it. Yeah. And of course, like, you know, like, so then I really got into different... Yeah, like, I don't know, like, that's kind of like... That's when I got into MBV anyway and stuff like that. Um, My Bloody Valentine, for yeah. those that aren't familiar and should get familiar. And I really exactly. got into a lot more guitar music, like, like having become, like, a default guitarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, that's how I... And then I sort of wound up being a session guitarist, which was, which was crazy. I imagine word of your talents got around. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Well, you know, sort of, but I went... You know, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to... Okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> My words, yeah. But yeah, but, um, no, no. But, um, but no, yeah, like, so yeah, then um, it's just, yeah, for me it's just like, it's great to be able to, you know, there when you need it kind of vibe. And that's yeah. like, yeah, like pedals like the Mellotron, the Mel 9 pedal by EHX is really good. Now they have like a synth one. I still like the Mellotron better. <laughs> and yeah, I got this cool thing from... Um, Roland, it was, it's a, it's called an ES8, and you can, like, it's like a gig rig for the guitar nerds out there. That's really important. Like, I would, any any guitarist that wants that's in the pedal should get one of those. They're really good. So when you're figuring out, when you're experimenting with all the, the wizardry that you have yeah. at your disposal, yeah, right, yeah. is it a case of you have the skeleton of the song with the band, and then you figure out what you want to do, or do you just kind of woodshop when you're by yourself? and then bring a new sound to the group and say, hey, I can make this sound now. Well, yeah, just over, like, you know, a couple of years, like, you get pretty quick at just pulling pulling up sounds like you know what's possible. Uh, there's obviously, like, a lot of refining. But recording, we record ourselves, like, I kind of engineer the recordings for the band, and, um, you know, I do, like, Chris uh, from Clustering helped us with them. Like, he, he recorded the drums, and then he mixed it, which is the two things that I can't do. And everything else, I just put mics up, and we just go for it. Um, but, yeah, like, recording is really good because it, it gives you the gives you that kind of idea that, like, you know, like, you're... Yeah, just, like, the, the sound's pretty quick. 
like you can get it, you can pull it, or you can just accidentally find something, which is really exciting. But then you kind of need to tweak it a bit usually, and um, you know, like using your amp as the compressor, or do you EQ it? Like, do you how what order do you put everything in? Like, you know, it's just kind of like that. Yeah. That kind of, but yeah, usually it's like just a really fun thing, and then like really excruciating hours of deafness. <laughs> yeah, <can laughs> well, I got some earplugs now. There must be a necessity when it comes to what you're doing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Factory Seconds is the band, The Sleepwalkers is the new single. Are there more live dates in the near future? Uh, no, we're just going to finish off the rest of these recordings now. Though. Like, we, we got approached by um, Big Indie and DIY uh, to do like this part of this single thing they're doing. Um, that was really exciting, uh, and so we were like, yeah, let's do that. But, um, but then... Um, the studio is the priority. Well, now, no, it, no, it shouldn't be too long. We just need to like finish the rest of the songs. And, yeah. So more coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Watch this space, Michael. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Roy. I'll let you get ready yeah. for your actual show tonight. Thanks, man. Well, thanks for having us on your show. <laughs> no problem. And that was that. Thank you very much, Michael, for your time. That was a really interesting conversation, and he really is a wizard of the guitar pedal. I highly recommend checking out his band if you get a chance to see them play live. I'd also like to give a little shout-out to the sound guy from last night's show. So, Graceland was the second band on. When they played their first song, you couldn't really hear the vocals. And I was sat near the back of the venue, right next to the sound booth. And I could see many people in the audience that kept turning to the sound guy as if by looking at him alone they could somehow hint to him, hey, there's something not right with the sound, maybe you should take care of that. <laughs> and as the song went on, the looks got more and more concerned. Eventually, after the song, someone approached him and said, hey, mate, and he said, don't. He said, I think there's something. He said, don't tell me, I already know. I think there's something with a vocal. He said, I told you, don't tell me. And it turns out the band had an effects pedal that all the vocals were going through and the pedal wasn't that great. So that was the issue, not so much the sound guy. But I just found it interesting how everyone... It's similar to... There's a very British stereotype that everyone here loves to wait in line for things. And if someone was to cut into that line, no one would really address it. Everyone would just sort of huff and tut in some sort of passive-aggressive show of their displeasure at that action. That was very much what I saw happening with the sound. No one, except for one person, really went up and did anything. They all just sort of kept looking at the sound guys if through the looks alone they could somehow communicate, this sound, just not right, is it? It, it made me chuckle, all right? Maybe it didn't. Maybe you had to be there. But it was a really cool show. Thank you very much for Michael, to Michael for his time. And it just really, 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 really made me want to play a show. It's something I've very much been tiptoeing around, but I think I need to lean into it and just pull the trigger on this idea. And I think that could be the turning point in galvanising what I'm doing with my music, as well as that. So in the last episode, I mentioned that I had about four songs, maybe four and a half, that are on current rotation at open mics. I have another four songs now, again, maybe five, that I've decided on to be the next rotation of open mic songs. But these songs require to my as far as I'm concerned anyway they require backing tracks so that will be my homework to create the backing tracks for these songs so that I can start to hit the ground running with performing more open mics I've sorted out my phone so that headphones should work now it's just now I know that my headphones don't work so I need to get another set of headphones but if I set up a backing track on this phone and plug it into a mixing desk I know that it will work fine playing out through that so I'm going to press pause real quick. <laughs>
and we're back. Like, no time passed at all. So now, my guitar's plugged in. So, for those of you that don't remember, the four songs, sorry for moving my phone about there, the four songs I currently have are the one that goes... That one there's There's that one, there's one that goes And then there's one that goes Was it? Ah Half song is so the next four that I want to do that will need backing tracks are of that one and this old chestnut and then the half is That's what I want to work on. I am going to be away Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know if I will record some version of these songs and schedule them to be released on each of those days. I don't know if I'll just miss the days and then have some big old thing when I get back filled with people that I talk to while I'm away. I really don't know what the weekend will look like as far as this podcast is concerned. But if you'd like to find out, you can subscribe on iTunes. That was a smooth, smooth transition there. High five to yourself, Roy. Thanks, other Roy. Uh, you found this on iTunes, SoundCloud. Still no word and when it will appear on Spotify. You can find me online at Saddest Night Out on Twitter and Instagram or saddestnightout at gmail.com if you want to talk to me directly. And you can contribute to the cause on patreon.com forward slash saddestnightout. A pound a month can help to make this project grow and grow. And honestly speaking, as far as live performances go, I think I will just have to look at losing money on renting small spaces, but just to make a start. And Road Trip and the Workshop seems like a cool space. There's another independent promoter that I found who could help. And yeah, that will very much be on the top of the priority list as far as I'm concerned. All right, that's enough for me. Thank you very much for listening. I will. I, I think I'll see you tomorrow. I don't know if I'll see you the day after, but I don't know if I'm going to go out tonight. I don't... I'm... After last night's show, I'm really in a just... a very grey space. But anyway, thank you for listening. I will see you tomorrow. Take care.